Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah 66. And we'll look at today at verses 1 and 2. When I was young, my parents would take me to see my grandmothers, plural, every Sunday afternoon. It was routine. We'd drive to Ripley, and we would go to my mother's mother's house, and then we'd go to my father's mother's house. And when we would go to my father's mother's house, we would always listen to an album by Elvis Presley. <laughs> that one. How Great Thou Art. How many of you have ever seen that cover? Anybody? If you're in Memphis, I'm sure you may have. Now, Elvis did not write How Great Thou Art, but he sold three million albums with the How Great Thou Art song on it. And I can remember my grandmother lifting her hands with her eyes shut, singing, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. Say it with me. How great thou art. This morning, we conclude our sermon series on Isaiah. This is my 42nd sermon from this Old Testament prophetic book written by a godly man who tells us more about Jesus than any other Old Testament prophet. And he tells us today <clears throat> about how glorious God is. In the first two verses, I wanted to preach the whole chapter, but I couldn't get past the first two verses. So this will be our final sermon in the series. And the title of it is, O Lord, how great thou art. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and it says in verses 1 and 2, I need to cough. Can I, can I do that? It doesn't say that in Isaiah 61. One and two. Just turn my mic off for a minute. Just now turn it back on. Great. I'm good. It's hard to hide that. Isaiah 66, verse 1. This is what the Lord said. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is where I put my feet, my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? 
Could you build me such a resting place? My hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts or spirits who tremble at my word. Father, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Pray that with me. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, and if you agree, say amen. amen. What does Isaiah say about the greatness of God in this final chapter? Three things. First of all, the Lord is great because, number one, the Lord is our superior. The Lord is our superior. God is greater than you. God is greater than me. God is greater than any human being and all human beings combined. The Lord is our superior. Look at verse 1. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. Could you build a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? Notice who's speaking these words. Not Isaiah. Heaven is my throne. Isaiah didn't have a throne in heaven. Heaven is the throne of God Almighty. God was speaking. God's throne is the throne of all thrones. The Lord is above all so-called gods and every man. He rules over heaven. He rules over earth. But He also rules throughout the entire universe. He is seated omnipotently on a sovereign throne. King of kings. King of all kings. Lord of all lords. Heaven is His throne. And the earth is His footstool. Did you know the planet of earth is, we would say, massive? Did you know it's a little bit shorter than it is wide? I can relate to that. Amen. <laughs> At the equator, that's the east-west middle of the earth, the earth's equatorial circumference is 24,901 miles. But around the north and the south pole, the meridional circumference of the earth is 24,860 miles. That is, the earth is 140 miles wider than it is tall. How many square miles are there on the surface of the earth? 197 million square miles on the face of the earth. 29% is earth, it's land, 71% is water. It's about one-third land and about two-thirds water. The earth is massive, 
from the human viewpoint, but God says it's my footstool. I put my feet on it when I relax. In other words, this massive world is tiny to our almighty God. And he follows up with that vivid statement by saying, could you build me a temple? Oh, we think we can build great buildings for God. God's saying, the earth is my footstool. It's where I put my feet. Do you honestly believe you could build a temple or a church building that would impress me? Could you build me such a resting place? Considering my greatness, the Lord said through Isaiah that he is superior to everything in the universe and everyone in the universe. One of the ways that I try to worship God. And you know, it's not easy sometimes trying to worship God because He is so vast we can't understand it, and He is so large and in charge and so sovereign and so wonderful you can't even hardly describe how great He is. When we sing, how great Thou art, it's, He's even greater than that. But one of the things that I've done, I started doing this almost 40 years ago. I started praying the names of God to the God of the universe. And I would just encourage you to write down just a few of these, all right? I, I do these every day because I don't want to just go to God and say, God, give me this. God, give me that. I want to talk to God and praise Him for who He is and how wonderful He is. If you'll do that, God will bless you as you praise Him. Now, some of these you've heard, maybe some of these you've not. I praise Him that He is Jehovah Etzer. It's spelled E-Z-E-R. The Lord is my helper. How many of you want God to help you? Anybody out there? All right, I do. Deuteronomy 23, or 70, <laughs> 73, 33, 26 says, there is no one like the God of Israel. That's Jehovah. That's the Lord. He rides across the heavens to help us. That's Etzer. To help you across the skies in majestic splendor. Start off your day by saying, I praise you, Jehovah. You can say Ezer if you want to. It's, they put the T in front of it in the Hebrew. Etzer is what they would say. The Lord is my helper. And then another one you might not be real familiar with, Jehovah Kana, Q-A-N-N-A. The Lord who is jealous. The Lord who is jealous. Now, that's a good thing. I'll explain it to you. Exodus 34, 14, you must worship no other gods for the Lord, that is Jehovah, whose name is jealous, Kana, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. God is jealous for you. He doesn't want you to have any idols or any other gods before Him. He is first in your life so far that He is so preeminent in your life, He is in a category by Himself. You love Him like you love no one else, 
And he says, I am a jealous God, and I want to be the very most important thing in all of your life. Is that the way God is for you? Start praising Him that He is Jehovah Kana. You must worship no other gods for the Lord. Jehovah, whose name is Jealous, Kana, is a God who is jealous about His relationship with you. Jehovah Shalom, now you know that one. The Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Don't we need the peace of God? Judges 6, 24, Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and he named it Yahweh or Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. I probably use that one more than any other name for God that I have. I praise him. So I have a long thing. I'll share that with you sometime about his peace. I pray his shalom over a lot of people every day. I want God's shalom over me, don't you? His peace. And then Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. The Lord who heals. Exodus 15, 26, he said, can we put the Lord who heals there in the middle? I don't know if we can or not. If we can't, don't worry about it. The Lord who heals, he said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha, R-A-P-H-A. Just write the words down. It will be Jehovah will be with every one of them. And then Jehovah, this is a little hard now, Milcomah. Milcomah, M-I-L-C-H-A-M-A-H. And he is the Lord, our warrior. And he fights for us. The Bible says in Exodus 14, verses 13 through 14, but the Lord, Moses told the Lord, don't be afraid, just stand still, Watch what the Lord rest, watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. The Lord Himself will fight for you. He is Jehovah Milkamah. He is the Lord, your warrior. Just stay calm. It's hard for us Baptists to do, isn't it? We get worried all the time. Don't need, you don't need to worry about anything. You don't need to worry about anything. You got Jehovah Milkamah fighting your battles. The Lord, your warrior. And then Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, your banner. He is covering you. He's got you covered. The Lord is covering you today. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner. <clears throat> Exodus 17, verses 13 and following. As a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army <clears throat> of Amalek in battle. After the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it out loud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh, that is Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner. The Lord is my covering. And we need to be covered with the righteousness of Jesus. And then Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Most all of us have heard of that one. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Genesis 22, 13 and 14. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its thorns 
its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh. Yahweh is again Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. God will provide for you. If you'll pray, obey him. He may not give you everything that you desire, but he'll give you everything that you need. Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. Makadesh, M-A-K-A-D-E-S-H. Write that word down and write the word sanctifies right by it. The Lord who sanctifies. Leviticus 20, verses 7 and 8. So set yourselves apart to be holy For I am the Lord your God. Keep all my decrees by putting them into practice. For I am Jehovah Makadesh. I am the Lord who makes you holy. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who sets you apart from all the people to be mine. Then, of course, there's Jehovah Rohi. That is the Lord my shepherd. And I won't quote the entire Psalm 23, but I'll just quote it, the first verse from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Jehovah-Rohi, R-O-H-I. And then Jehovah-Sidkenu, the T is silent. The Lord, my righteousness. I need the Lord's righteousness. To cover me. I can't, my righteousness is like filthy rags. But when the Lord is my righteousness, I'm going to make it through. Jehovah Sidkenu, T S I D K E N U. Jeremiah 23 6. And this will be his name. The Lord is our righteousness. Jehovah Sidkenu. In that day, Judah will be saved. Israel will live in safety. So who's a God like you? The Lord is our superior. Just a few days ago, I was at home studying. Our doorbell rang. I went to the door, and I saw some ladies holding books in their hand, and I knew immediately what they were about. They were Jehovah Witnesses. And I looked at them. I came out. I said, you're Jehovah Witnesses, aren't you? They said, yes. I said, well, I believe that Jesus is Jehovah. Let me pray for you. (laughs) Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that each of these precious women will repent of their sins, believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross for their sins, that he rose from the dead, and that they will receive him as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a good day. (laughs) Now, the reason, now some people, you know, I, I have allowed Mormons, when I was younger, I allowed them to come in our house. I'd always witness to them. I don't do that anymore. And I found a verse that I believe says that you should not let them in your house. You don't ever, don't ever be ugly to anybody. 
Always be nice to everybody. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. I was not ugly to those ladies. And I wasn't being a smart aleck. I was just sharing the truth. And, but I'm not going to let them in my house because, or Mormons either, because the Bible says in 2 John 1, 10 through 11, read it with me off the screen. Do we have that up there? Yes, read it with me. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home. Read it again. Don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. I'm going to be nice to them, but I'm going to tell them about Jesus on the porch. Jehovah Witnesses don't believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. They don't believe what the Bible says about Jesus. Because the Bible says that Jesus is Jehovah God. He is God in the flesh. 100% man, 100% God. Simultaneously, just as much God as God the Father. Just as much God as God the Son. Mormons don't believe that. And Jehovah Witnesses don't believe that. Jesus claimed to be God. And the Pharisees knew it. We read in John 10, 30 and following, the Father and I are one, Jesus said. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill them. They were the ones following the Pharisees. Jesus said, at my Father's direction, I've done many works. For which one are you going to stone me? They replied, we're stoning you, not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You, a mere man, claim to be God. They knew that Jesus claimed to be God. And he did. And he is. He is God in the flesh. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body, in bodily form. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. With all due respect, Jehovah Witnesses are wrong. Mormons are wrong. Latter-day Saints, Muslims are wrong. Allah is not God. Muhammad is not his prophet. He was not a true prophet. He was a false prophet. Atheists are wrong. They say there is no God. And the Bible says in Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. For every true Christian, Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord is great because the Lord is our superior. Amen. Let's give him praise and worship right now. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And that's the longest point in the sermon. I don't want y'all panicking out there. <laughs> the Lord is also great because the Lord is our source. The Lord is our source. How many of you know the difference between a resource and a source? A resource is something that doesn't make anything. It just gives you something that it received. God doesn't just give you something that he received. God gives you what he created. He is the only source. You remember when Elijah was by the brook 
and he was being fed by the birds, the crows. I wish the Lord had had another bird doing that. I hate crows. I hate every crow there is. If that bothers you, I, I can't help you. I just hate them. But they were bringing him bread and water. He had water in the stream. They brought him bread. The crows did. And the Bible says the water dried up and the crows quit coming. Can't depend on a crow, I'm telling you. All right. <laughs> but what it was, he, God, the resource dried up, but the source didn't dry up. He said, now go to a widow. And she didn't have anything but just a little bit of water and a little bit of dough. And God just supernaturally let all of that continue to multiply. And God was showing Elijah, I am not your resource. I'm your source. I'm your source. That's what he says in this text. Verse 2, my hands have made both heaven and earth. They and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I spoke everything into existence. It clearly states in simple language that heaven and earth and everything in it belongs to God because he spoke it into creation. I, the Lord, have spoken. If you read Genesis, he spoke on all six days and things were created somehow, some way. Secular man says the universe is a mystery. It's an enigma. They say billions of years ago, somehow matter just appeared. Now you're talking about scientific. Is that scientific? Matter just appeared? Give me a break. You say that we have faith. The matter began to morph, to change over billions of years. Inorganic life changed into organic life. That's a big jump. Rocks became living organisms. Organic life did not evolve from inorganic life. Living matter did not come from non-living matter. Human beings did not come from lower life forms. God created the heavens and the earth and breathed into man the no in his nostrils the breath of life. God created everything. The universe belongs to God. The reason they come up with that silly stuff is because they don't want to submit to God. They don't want to believe in God, so they say there is no God. That's the only reason. That's why the Bible says the fool, says it twice in Psalm, the fool has said in his heart, because in his mind he knows better, says it in his heart, says it with his will, because it's defiant against God, says in his heart, there is no God. 
because I don't want there to be a God. Well, you're going to wake up one day and look at the one you don't believe in. God have mercy. Isaiah 62 says, 66 verse 2 says, God's hand made heaven and earth, they and everything in them are mine. The Lord is our source. Now you say, well, I just, I just can't believe in a God who created everything. Well, Moses did. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you can believe that, you can believe the whole Bible. If you can't believe that, just shut the Bible. If you can't believe God created the heavens and the earth, it's the first thing out of the gate. You can't believe Genesis 1.1, you can't believe anything else in the Bible. But if you can believe that, you can believe anything in the Bible. I believe that. I believe the whole Bible. I believe the cover. I think it's genuine leather. Amen. I believe all of it. I believe the maps in the back. I believe all of it. David, King David believed that God created the earth. Psalm 24 verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the fullness thereof, the world and all its people belong to him. Jeremiah believed it. Jeremiah 32, 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power, by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. Jesus himself believed in creation. Matthew 19, 4 and 5, Haven't you read the Scriptures? Jesus replied, They, re they record that from the beginning, the beginning of time, God made them. God created them, male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. God, Jesus believed the Scriptures. He believed that in the beginning God made them. He created them, male and female. John said that Jesus was the agent through whom God the Father created the entire universe in John chapter 1, first three verses in the prologue of John's gospel in the beginning. The Word already existed. Jesus already existed. The Word was with God. Jesus was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus was God. And if you was God, you still is God. Amen? He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. Jesus was the agent through whom God created the universe. God created everything through Jesus. And nothing was created except through Jesus. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Oh, Jesus Christ is the agent through whom God the Father created the universe, and the Spirit was brooding over the waters. The whole Trinity was involved in creation, the whole Trinity. The Apostle Paul believed in it. He said in Colossians 1.16, For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers, authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. You're not just created by Him and through Jesus, but you are created for Jesus. Peter said he believed in God the Creator, 2 Peter 3, 4. They will say what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again. From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. We don't live. We are, we are not billions of years old. We don't come from some type of 
organic material that came from inorganic material, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We were created and fashioned by an almighty God. The Lord is our source. I used to listen when I was a kid to Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. And they had one of the dumbest songs I've ever heard in my life. We are stardust. We are golden. We are billion-year-old carbon. Know what that is? Evolution. Atheistic evolution. We're not descendants of rocks. We're the highest form of creation. And the Lord created us all. My hands have made both the heaven and the earth. They and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. The universe did not create itself. The universe did not create you. But God created you and the universe and God is our creator, and he loves you, and he wants you to be saved. The Bible says in John 3, 16 and 17, for this is how God loved the world that he created, really is what he's saying there. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, the world that he created, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God created you. You are his masterpiece. You are not an accident in evolution, your life matters to God and to other people. And I want you just to remember, the Lord is great because the Lord is our source. We came from Almighty God, not some type of goo that just happened. The Lord is great because the Lord is our superior. The Lord is great because the Lord is our source. And finally, last thing I'll say about Isaiah for a while is the Lord is our Savior. That's a good thing to end on, is it not? Look at verse 2. The Lord is our Savior. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. Some of you need to be saved, but before you can be saved, you need to be broken. What do you mean by broken? I mean, you need to come to the point where you have a humble and a contrite heart, and you are not arrogant, full of yourself, but you tremble before the Word of the Lord. God is a God who loves to bless people, but He can only bless those who are blessable, who are in a position to be blessed, and you can't be blessed if you're proud and arrogant you can't be blessed until you're humble and contrite of heart, humble, unpretentious, meek. It's the opposite of being prideful. James, the brother of Jesus, said that God loves humility, James 4, 6 and 7. And he gives grace generously, as the Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before God. It's not, look, God can humble you, but that's not His job primarily. God wants you to humble yourself. And I want to tell you, you're going to be humbled. Either you're going to do it, or God's going to do it. I'd whole lot rather do it myself. 
I've been humbled by God before. It's not fun. It's hard. You can't be arrogant. You can't be someone who pulls yourself up by your own bootstraps. You don't even know where your boots are. You can't pull yourself up. That's a dumb analogy anyway. Go try to pull yourself up by your boots. That's nuts. All that goes up, if anything, is your boots. But you don't go up. If you can pull yourself up, something's wrong, all right? The Lord gives saving grace if we humble ourselves. We need a contrite heart, which is a repentant heart. I love the old hymn, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. It says, Let me at thy throne of mercy find a great sweet release. Kneeling there in deep contrition, I'm being contrite. Help my unbelief. I tremble at your word. I'm humble. I'm contrite. I'm not arrogant. I'm not full of pride. I'm trembling at your word. I have fear and reverence, a holy reverence for your word. When I read your word, I believe I'm reading the word of God. I have reverence for this book. I praise the Lord God for the Bible because it points, all of it points to Jesus. And he was saying here, that's what you have to have. You have to have a humble and contrite heart. You have to tremble at my word. You have to be in a state of humility like that if you want me to save you. The Lord was their Savior. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus invited people to come to him with humble, contrite hearts, humble, gentle hearts. He said in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. I will give you rest, Jesus said. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, that is, learn of me, because I am humble and gentle of heart. If you want to come to Jesus, you've got to come with humility because he is humble. You have to come with gentleness because he is gentle. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is life. Oh, brothers and sisters, let's be humble and contrite of heart. Let's be little enough that God will bless us. Jesus wants to save you today. Aren't you tired of carrying your heavy burdens? Let Jesus save you today. He'll give you rest. He'll take his yoke and put it upon you. If you'll just humble your heart. If you'll just let your heart be gentle toward God, you'll find rest for your souls. Jesus is calling you to salvation today. Can you hear him? I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts and who tremble at my word. The Lord is great because the Lord is our Savior. If you don't know Jesus today, I can hear Isaiah talking to you. We've had 42 sermons on Isaiah, and I think in every one of them, he's saying, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Jesus is the virgin-born Son of God. Jesus is the mighty King of kings. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Jesus rose from the dead 
Jesus Christ is Lord. Come to Christ. Put away your sins. Call on his name. He is your superior. Heaven is his throne. Earth is his footstool. You can't build a temple that good. You can't build God a resting place. He's your source. He made heaven and earth. Everything in it belongs to him. He has spoken. He is your Savior. And if you'll be humble, if you will be contrite in your heart, in the depths of your soul, and tremble at his gospel today, he will save you. If you'll do what I asked those Jehovah Witnesses to do, if you will repent of your sins, turn from your sin, turn to the Lord, and if you will believe that Jesus died on the cross to save you from your sin, and if you will believe that God raised him from the dead, and if you will receive him into your life, calling on his name, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Lord is saying through the prophet Isaiah today.